Welcome to the Northern Kentucky Spotlight Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Brookbank. I hope you guys are having a great Monday. We have an awesome episode of the podcast. First up, we're joined by John Buning of ArtsWave, who gives us background on the nation's oldest community campaign for the arts and their upcoming Cincy Jam events and how your company can get involved. On NKY at Work, Nancy Spivey is joined by Allie Hermes of Kentucky Refugee Ministries. They talk about how refugee arrivals can impact the Northern Kentucky workforce and how employers can tap into this pool of workers. Thank you so much to our podcast sponsors, CVG, our title sponsor, C-Crew Consulting, our digital sponsor, and our episode sponsor, Haran. If you haven't heard yet, we have announced the finalists for this year's Business Impact Awards presented by Huntington Bank. Our winners will be announced on May 3rd. You can join the Northern Kentucky Chamber as we recognize these businesses, small, large, new, and longstanding, who are impacting the Northern Kentucky community through innovation, creativity, strong business practices, and leadership. You can register for this awesome event now at nkychamber.com events. Now, let's go meet our members of the week, hear from our sponsors, and Nancy and I will be back with our guests. CBG Airport is the lowest fare airport in the tri-state region with 54 non-stop flights and direct international service to seven destinations, including Paris, France, and now home to both DHLs and Amazon's global cargo hubs. The airport is furthering its position as leader in aviation and is deeply committed to being an economic driver for the community. You can learn more and start your next adventure at CBGAirport.com. Ranking on Google Search and Maps is easy to understand, but hard to do. It requires constant effort and attention, uploading new photos, responding to Google reviews, writing weekly posts, and checking suggested updates. Google listing optimization takes experience and time, and there are no shortcuts. C-Crew gives your Google My Business account the steady, consistent attention it needs to be effective, optimizing, updating, and expanding critical content every single week. From local retail stores to large regional networks, C-Crew generates content, establishes benchmarks, and creates dramatic measurable increases in engagement. So what can C-Crew do for your business? More calls, more clicks, more clients. Congratulations to our members of the week. You can learn more about these businesses by following the Northern Kentucky Chamber on social media where we will highlight one of these businesses each day. Now, let's meet our members of the week. Erin Green Tree Specialist is a full-service tree care company specializing in robotic tree removal services across Northern Kentucky. Family-owned and American-made, Cambria Quartz Countertops and Surfaces combine innovative design and durability for a lifetime of beauty. Since 1955, Theater House has helped millions of productions come to life with theatrical supply products, including gaffer's tape, makeup, wigs, stage lighting, and much more. Boomtown Biscuits and Whiskey is a contemporary take on a classic American frontier food. Agave and Rye is a tequila and bourbon hall that offers guests a vibrant menu of fresh, made-from-scratch recipes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Northern Kentucky Spotlight Podcast. Here with me today is John Buning, who is the director of the Community Campaign for ArtsWave. John, thanks for joining us today. Good to be here. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about ArtsWave and what you all do. You guys have a really cool history, really cool stuff you're doing in the community. Yeah, so ArtsWave is what you call a United Arts Fund. Um, and so there's about 40 or so United Arts Funds around the country. Um, and usually their purpose is to uh, conduct an annual campaign and raise you know, a certain amount of money and then dole that money out to 
you know, many different arts organizations throughout town. So um, I use United Way as a shorthand a lot, just the way that United Way runs a sort of aggregate campaign for social service organizations. We do the same for arts organizations. And, you know, many folks, uh, you know, at our local businesses are probably familiar with us because in this area, a lot of businesses, two major, you know, fundraising campaigns they might run are United Way and Arts Way. Right. Um, so what makes us a little distinct uh, among those United Arts Funds is that we're actually the largest one in the nation. Mm -hmm. So um, in terms of dollars raised, um, in a given year, we raised between 11 and $12 million. Um, we've been the largest for a long time. We're actually the oldest one as well. So we were established, we're actually five years away from our, now four years away from our 100 year anniversary. Very um, cool. We were established in 1927. Uh, so the Taft Museum of Art, which many people are familiar with, um, but not a lot of people know that that's sort of the history behind ArtsWave. So the Taft family, um, Charles and Anison Taft, um, decided to do this community challenge uh, that they would put up $1 million of their own money, but the community could respond with $2.5 million. Um, and this was again in 1927, and they did. Uh, so just to put that in uh, perspective, that's about $40 million now. Wow. Um, which would make it the most successful campaign we ever had. Yeah. Um, so, but it wasn't a campaign at that time. It was more of an, to create this endowment. Um, and that's what they did. They created an endowment to benefit just a handful of arts organizations. And then sometime in the 40s, it morphed into this community-wide campaign. In the 70s, we did our first workplace-giving campaign. It was actually with GE. Um, and we've been doing it ever since for, you know, 50-ish years now. We've been running these workplace campaigns. So yeah, we raised, last year we raised $11.5 million and doled that out to 150 different you know, arts organizations, individual artists, you know, project grants, uh, pop-up organizations, things like that. So pretty much any you know, arts institution you could think of, all of our major theaters, symphonies, dance troupes, including the ballet, the opera, the May Festival, artworks, um, all of those we helped to fund. And then also down to neighborhood arts centers, um, you know, kind of specialty arts organizations, even some other generalized nonprofits that might have an arts and culture kind of project on the go. Mm -hmm. um, so lots of different things. And, and that's one way that we've really changed within the last 10 years is the breadth of the things that we fund. Yeah, you guys are definitely one of those organizations that is everywhere, especially across greater Cincinnati and northern Kentucky. You guys are heavily involved with so many different projects, uh, obviously arts uh, yeah. is so important in the area. Um, and then one of the coolest things I think is all the murals you guys have been a part of over the course of however many years. It's yeah. just really beautifying our whole region. So art works, and yeah. this, this is a point of sometimes <laughs> confusion with people too. So this is good for me to address this. Uh, so there's Arts Wave yes. uh, and Art Works. Uh, to make it even more confusing, up until very recently we used to have this, we're in the same building, um, oh no! <laughs> so and and also both the A and W are capitalized in both names, mm -hmm. so it's very very similar. Uh, but the we help to fund Artworks, mm -hmm. who is the one that actually creates those murals. And so Artworks, their mission is kind of in their name; they want to put artists to work. Mm -hmm. uh, and so a lot a big part of that is the murals. They do many other things as well, but obviously the most recognizable thing is those murals. Yeah, um, which I think are count you know number up to the two hundred and fifty now. Um, and almost all of the, I think they're up to like 45 of our 52 city neighborhoods that they have murals in. So a lot of people kind of might have that misconception too, that the murals are only just in downtown and the urban core, but they're everywhere. And mm -hmm. if, if you've driven around different insane neighborhoods, it's, it's, you can see that. Um, but anyway, so they do the murals. However, Arts Wave is the fundraiser, um, that helps to support artworks. So mm -hmm. yes, we have been part of those murals in that sense. 
Um, and of course, you know, we actually have a mural on the side of our own building. So, mm -hmm. um, and one right across from us as well. They're everywhere. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. very fun. So touch a little bit on uh, what you guys have recently been doing in Portland, Kentucky. Yeah, so we, um, you know, one of the things that we like to sort of correct a misconception that the arts are kind of similar to what I said just a minute ago. We want to correct any misconception that the arts are for the urban core. Uh, the arts are for everywhere. Um, and so we don't want people having this impression that like all the money we raise comes from, you know, just downtown Cincinnati firms and businesses, nor do we want uh, it to be thought that all the money we give out goes to downtown art centers. Um, we like to spread that money around both the way we raise it and the way we dole it out to our whole, you know, 15 county MSA region. Um, and that includes Northern Kentucky. So uh, we, to kind of give a little bit of perspective, we work with about two to 300 companies in the region to raise money, uh, whether that's an employee campaign or a corporate contribution. Uh, within recent years, about 25 to 30 of those companies are Northern Kentucky-based companies. So, and it includes, you know, some of the larger names like CBG and St. Elizabeth Healthcare, uh, Toyota, Northern Kentucky University, uh, CTI, Tier 1, places like that. Um, and then in terms of what we fund, also it's similar. So we're not just looking at arts organizations, you know, downtown or uh, in Mount Adams or wherever, you know, we're looking at places like the Carnegie right here in Northern Kentucky um, or the Kentucky Symphony Orchestra or the Beringer Crawford Museum. So actually since 2016, we've raised about uh, almost $2 million, $1.75 million that we've given strictly to Northern Kentucky uh, arts organizations. Yeah, that is really awesome. We love seeing all the work that you guys are doing in the community. One of the things I know you wanted to talk about today is how companies can get involved with Arts Wave. One of those ways coming up excuse me, is uh, Cincy Jams. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Cincy Jams. So Cincy Jams, uh, we did it for the first time last year, and it was Cincinnati's first workplace battle of the bands. As far as we know, we weren't able to find any other record of another battle of the bands between workplaces. Um, it actually grew out of a competition we used to do called Cincy Sings. I don't know if that's something you've heard of before or not. Um, if uh, you know companies are listening that uh, you know, have participated in the Arts Wave campaign before, they probably remember Cincy Sings. That was a choral-based competition. Um, we have a lot of choirs here in Cincinnati. Um, it's a singing a city that sings, yes. as that sign <laughs> says uh, downtown. But um, this what these were not professional singers. These were singers comprised of employees from those companies that run Arts Wave campaigns, and they would get together and learn a song and compete at music hall and win prizes, and there would be like celebrity judges and all that. Um, so what we decided to do was, actually back in 2020, we had a plan to sort of um, include a, a band element to that show, and then of course everything got sidelined with COVID, right. but now here we are, and then finally last year we decided to just bring it back, but without Cincy Sings, and just really focus our efforts on doing this Cincy Jams event. So we did it at the Hard Rock Casino, uh, in the cafe specifically, where they do all of their live shows. Um, so last year we had 11 different bands from 10 different companies, uh, places like ENG, GE, Fifth Third, Cintas, uh, Chamber uh, of Cincinnati, lots of different places, TriHealth. Um, TriHealth was actually our overall winner last year. And yeah, so they basically, each band learns a song um, and competes on stage. Uh, last year we did a fan favorite prize, which was decibel level cheering. And then we did a fan funded, which is what we call the buy your trophy prize, which is perfectly <laughs> acceptable in a fundraiser. Right. Um, so we're bringing it back for its sophomore year. Uh, it's back at the Hard Rock. Um, there is no barrier to entry. Any company can participate. Even if you don't run an Arts Wave campaign, we'd still encourage you to participate. Um, 
And also, the you know, we understand that some workplaces are smaller and maybe they don't have a full band within their ranks. So the rules are, you just need three band members minimum, only two of which have to be employees or even a retiree. Okay. Um, so it's, again, we're really trying to create it and, and make it accessible uh, for companies to join. Um, and we have had some, you know, companies that are brand new to our have joined that way. Um, so last year we had Keysource was another one of our bands and Anderson High School, you know, neither of which had much history of the Arsewave, but they got up on that stage and um, did a great job. So, um, and we're going to bring back some of our other elements from last year. Our MC is going to be Don Juan Fashow with Radio One, he's on The Wiz. And then um, what we're, we didn't have any celebrity judges last year that we just decided to sort of nix that from the Cincy Sings days, but we're bringing that back this okay. year. So this year, we're still working on our third judge, but our first two are going to be Drew Lachey, mm -hmm. um, and then also Patty Collins, the wife of Bootsy Collins. Bootsy is also going to have some pre-taped segments that we're going to display there cool. as well. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's going to be a great time. Last year, we had about 400 folks come through the course of the evening. Um, food, drinks, uh, Hard Rock has assured us that you know there will be many bars open <laughs> so that you don't have to wait for a drink. Um, yeah, it'll be a great time. Yeah, that is awesome. And when is that event happening? That is Thursday, May 18th uh, at 7 p.m. Okay. And there's still time to join. Uh, we have about eight bands in the show right now. Um, I'd say max we can have in the show is maybe around 12, 13, 14. Okay. So there's still room. Yeah, and so you can either participate or you can show up and just enjoy yeah. the evening. Yeah, and I should mention that too. It's free to attend. Uh, it's free to enter and free to attend. So you can definitely just show up and come to the show and have a great time, um, or just yeah, get a band together. So. Yeah, that is very cool. I know maybe in the chamber. Yeah, maybe the chamber. And I don't know how many musical people we've got here, but I'm sure somebody is. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the Carnegie Suits that rock, where yeah. they get all the corporate people that rock out and they just have like a whole night of rocking. Right. So very cool concept. I know that that is uh, a very fun event that one of our chamber members, that Carnegie puts on every Absolutely. year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, when you're working with corporate partners, obviously huge core of what you guys do as an organization is having those corporate partnerships. What are some of the benefits that these organizations that end up working with ArtsWave get from working with you? Yeah, I mean, I think some of it, there's, there's, you know, tangible and intangible, right? So the some of the you know, mission-based <laughs> benefits are just knowing that you are contributing to that arts community. Um, you know, I think we're in an age now where more so than ever, companies are being very mindful of being philanthropic and giving back to their communities. Um, and not just in a sort of generalized way, but in a way that's actually going to have a good effect for that community. Mm -hmm. So I think you, you know, I think ArtsWave, I'm biased, of course, but I think ArtsWave is a great cause if that's what you're looking to do. Um, we kind of already talked about all the different ways that it benefits our community. Um, but even beyond that, just more tangibly, there's benefits, right? I mean, talking about, I kind of mentioned just a second ago about, you know, where people want to live and where they want to hang their hat, right? Like having art, these arts organizations in town helps people to stay here, gives them a reason to stay here. Uh, I can give a personal example. So I belong to one of the organizations we fund, actually, the y YPCC, which is the Young Professionals Choral Collective. Um, and it's a group of, it's non, you know, non-music professional people just getting together and singing and doing these concerts. Um, I'm from here, I'm a Cincinnati native, but I know a lot of people in that group that are not. And I've talked to more than a couple of them that have said, you know, I've had job offers from other places, but I chose to stay here because I really found my core of friends here and mm -hmm. my, my family here and I can't imagine leaving. So, you know, that's just a couple people's stories from one organization. You know, multiply that by the hundreds that we have. We, that's businesses talk about all the time is employee retention. And we know, especially these days with remote work, we're losing people left mm -hmm. and right. We're also gaining people, but 
Um, it's one way to keep people here and keep people engaged. So that is sort of on a macro level. On a micro level, just within your own company, there's benefits. So our, I would say that you know, beyond all those reasons I just mentioned, the main thing that Artswave can do for you is engagement. Um, so, and that's another you know, thing that we keep hearing about is how do we engage our employees these days, especially in these hybrid work environments, or how do we kind of get back to normal where we used to be? Um, we are all about making our campaign fun. So mm -hmm. certainly the mission is very, very important, and we will definitely hit that up with you if you choose to run a campaign. But we also make it a lot of fun. We have um, art speakers that can come out and talk about their organizations. We have performers that can come out and do some kind of performance, whether it's dance or singing or even acting. Um, we have our Artswave trivia games and Artswave puzzle crawl games. We have little mural challenges we've designed. You can do scavenger hunt tours, all the artworks murals we talked about. We have things like Cincy Jams. We also have our affinity groups, Young Professionals, Pride, African American Leaders, Women's Leadership. All of those groups do events of their own throughout the year. Um, so I actually helped to head up our YP group. We're gearing up in May for our, we'll call our Artswave YP Streetcar Pub Crawl. Oh, wow. <laughs> we're going to ride the streetcar. We actually did it last year. We're going to ride the streetcar around downtown and then um, performing arts folks are going to be there and do little, little snippets of things and shows. And then, of course, you can have some drinks along the way. Um, so all of these things are part of employee engagement. You can get people out to these events. You can have events at your workplace. We have seen the companies that really do these campaigns well and use them to our advantage. Um, they, they do them. They put on great events of their own, too. So those are all resources we offer. We also see people get really creative with the things that they're doing. Um, they take our campaign themes and our colors and our materials and they really turn it into something. They make it like a little project and they find that it's fun to work on and, and people get into it. Um, not to mention, uh, we have both corporate and individual donor benefits. Mm -hmm. um, so again, speaking more tangibly, um, you know, individuals when they give to the campaign, there's, there's the sort of people that give for the mission and then there's certain people that give for the reward. And so we like to cover both. <laughs> so we have people, we have benefits like Reds tickets and FC Cincinnati behind the scenes experiences and our Arts Wave Pass, which is a discount to many different arts organizations and restaurants and businesses. We have behind the scene Blink experiences. We have free music hall tickets. So all of those things, what we like to tell people is, you know, if you're a new donor and you give a first time gift at the $75 level, you pretty much paid for your donation. All you have to do is use those red tickets and use the Artswave Pass once, and you pretty much paid for your contribution. So again, you know, if you're a company and you're know, looking for a way to engage employees with something that's attractive, you know, we like that's why we're trying to make such a strong case for how engaging we can be. Yeah, that was very awesome. And John, we covered so much today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, before I let you go, how can people get in touch with you or get in touch with Artswave? Yeah, the easiest way is to just go to our website. So we are a nonprofit, so it's www.artswave.org. Um, there's a contact form on there they can fill out, or you can email us at info at artswave.org. All right, awesome. John, well, thanks again for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hi, I'm Nancy Spivey, Vice President of Talent Strategies for the Northern Kentucky Chamber of Commerce. On today's NKY at Work segment, I'm with Allie Hermes. Allie is with Kentucky Refugee Ministries, and... KRM for short, right, Allie? Right, KRM, yeah. <laughs> so, Allie, tell me a little bit about what you do at Kentucky Refugee Ministries and what exactly is that organization? Yeah, so KRM is a, refu a local refugee resettlement agency. Um, the way the, fe the federal government um, arranges uh, resettlement in the U.S. is often um, kind of sent down at the local level. Um, so uh, we are run through the state of Kentucky and then there's one Kentucky Office of Refugees that call the Corps for short. 
Um, they uh, oversee all of the local affiliates in all of the different cities. Um, we uh, receive cases from all over the world um, that have refugee status, and uh, they uh, we get cases um, just about every month. We get a couple cases. Uh, we provide holistic case management for all of our clients. We pick them up from the airport. We have their housing set up before they get here. Um, we uh, apply for public benefits for them um, until which they qualify for until they start working, um, just like anybody else. And uh, I provide employment services for them. Uh, so they can work with me for up to five years uh, since arriving. And um, what I do is I try to learn as much about our clients as possible, their background, their uh, education history, work history, what they like to do. And I try to match them up with our local employment partners in the area and uh, just try to get them um, as self-sufficient as possible. Um, because our program is technically 90 days. A lot of, um, a lot of uh, clients, though, we, we tend to work with beyond that for, for different reasons. Um, but we provide uh, a, lot of, a lot of major services for them. And um, the most important one, uh, some can say the most important one is employment. Sure. Yeah. Well, and without employment, it's hard to be self-sufficient, <laughs> exactly. right? So yeah. we all know they are tied together. Um, so representing the employer community, how can the chamber encourage employers, encourage our members? What, what's the role that employers can play in the refugee space? Right. So um, a big barrier that people think is, is there is a language barrier. Um, so a lot of our clients do not know English when they come here. So uh, we do enroll them in ESL, and then once they start working, provide supplemental options uh, for ESL, either online or after business hours, things like that. Um, but uh, what we offer as KRM is we can suggest different uh, language services that employers can use. Um, and what I often do is if the company does not already have uh, accommodations in place for non-English speakers, um, uh, obviously a lot of uh, Northern Kentucky businesses might already accommodate for Spanish speakers, but mm -hmm. they may not ac accommodate for Arabic or Swahili, French, um, and those are the, the bigger language groups, and Pashto and Dari with uh, the Afghan population which is a language that a lot of people have never even heard of, sure. even though Af Afghanistan has been in the news here for over for decades. Right. Um, so uh, what I like to do is either bring in-person interpreters or I will accompany our clients uh, to like their orientation, training, interviews, things like that, and provide interpretation. Um, we, I am happy to meet with businesses who uh, want recommendations to uh, overcome those barriers and not have to rely on KRM um, for assistance because uh, not only working with us helps you tap into a different um, uh, population for, for jobs, but um, opens you up to just other migrants in the area that are looking for work. Sure. So um, uh, I, I work closely with uh, with companies to try to troubleshoot things and maybe uh, even recommend them to touch base with other companies in the area who have already kind of figured that their their system out for um, accommodating non-English speakers. So how do you think that we're doing in Northern Kentucky on 
becoming more welcoming and mm -hmm. especially on the employer side, I can see where if I bring in someone from another country and I have a great experience, I might get more opportunities right. like that, right? So talk to me a little bit about that. So from meeting with uh, some companies and other staffing agencies, it sounds like uh, there has been a big push recently to make those language accommodations and to really take advantage of um, uh, the migrant uh, labor workforce in the area, um, just because we know that um, those kinds of jobs are just not getting filled. Mm -hmm. And um, refugees have a very, uh, as you can imagine, are a very resilient population. They're also a very hardworking uh, population and they are often like former business owners or um, they can have a wide range of professional backgrounds, but um, a lot of them are very entrepreneurial. And um, their first question usually when they get here is when can I start working? <laughs> um, because, um, so there's just always, even if there are initial barriers or things that you think are gonna be maybe too, too difficult to overcome, uh, their attitude is usually, no, I want to try this. Mm -hmm. I want to try to see if we can work this out. And, uh, and refugees are also very, um, very high in retention, job retention as well. So it's a great investment for, for employers, mm -hmm. um, which I think they're already starting, employers in the area are already starting to make. Mm -hmm. They um, may be a little bit more apprehensive on certain language groups or other language groups and maybe think there's not enough need to invest mm -hmm. in um, language accommodation for other language groups besides Spanish. But we think it's really um, worth it because the Kentucky, uh, Kentucky over since 2019 has jumped up to the fourth largest um, resettlement uh, state in numbers in the country wow. behind, I think, New York, California, and Texas, which is crazy. <laughs> right. We're not that big. Yeah, we're not that big in the state, a populous state or right. anything. So um, it's really uh, advantageous for employers to tap into uh, those numbers. Um, we ha I can also, uh, most of the, the biggest populations in Kentucky are usually um, Spanish speakers, so people from various countries in Latin America, mm -hmm. and then also uh, Congolese, mm -hmm. and they speak uh, French, uh, usually a more local language, and um, Swahili, which is a more regional language that a couple different countries speak. Yeah. Um, and then um, definitely Syrians who speak Arabic, and, um, and there are some smaller populations, but we think it's a really good investment for companies to, to work with these populations because we're only going to continue to see those numbers grow in terms of refugee placement to the state of Kentucky. So we think it's a really good investment. Right. Yeah. And Kentucky Refugee Ministries, specifically in Northern Kentucky, hasn't been around that long, right? No, we opened in, I believe, October 2021. <laughs> we just had uh, one employee at that time. Uh, she was doing uh, all case management, housing, employment for everybody. And then we had uh, our former case manager who is now in youth services. She um, was a second hire. And then our director was hired um, by January. And then I started in April. And luckily, we've we've had to, we've been able to steadily build our staff. But um, so we're not very well known in Northern Kentucky, uh, because we are the only resettlement agency up here. Um, we do have Catholic Charities, which is across the river in Cincinnati, mm -hmm. um, but uh, 
our Louisville office has been around since 1990. So they're very established in Louisville and we tap into the resources quite a bit. Um, and then we have another office in Lexington, which has been around for probably 20 years as well. And uh, so we have a, a quite a bit, a quite big network <laughs> of people in the state, um, but we've just never had a, an official resettlement agency in Northern Kentucky yet. So if I'm an employer and I want to get started, I want to see what my options are, I just reach out and call you? Right. You can email me. You can call me. Uh, we can set up a meeting. I can go. I've toured facilities. I've, I've done all that. Um, I can tell you, uh, go over um, how we like to accommodate for language barrier, uh, transportation barriers. Um, there's also several. I work with the Kentucky Career Center a lot. They give me a lot of information about um grants and just different programs in the area that um that employers can take advantage of mm -hmm. and our and our clients can take advantage of and so i can go over any and all questions that that people have that's wonderful <laughs> you're a great resource we're lucky to have you so thank you so much for coming in yeah thank you as well hi i'm shannon schumacher account executive kentucky market leader at Haran, we champion bold innovation to help employers and individuals thrive. As an industry thought leader, we explore new horizons in healthcare, benefits, employee engagement, and wellness. We work harder to deliver all the strategic benefits, planning, and execution you expect from a true partner. And we do it with laser focus on your short and long-term outcomes to help manage your benefits while improving your employee experience. Welcome back everyone. I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about ArtsWave and Kentucky Refugee Ministries, two awesome community organizations that we have here in Northern Kentucky. Thank you once again to our podcast sponsors, CVG, Crew Consulting, and Haran. And don't forget to register for this year's Business Impact Awards happening on May 3rd. Like I said, this is a great day that we get to celebrate all the incredible businesses that we have in Northern Kentucky. You can register for that event at nkychamber.com events. Finally, if you are a member who would like to be featured on the podcast, or if you're interested in becoming a member of the Northern Kentucky Chamber, please reach out to Lynn Aplin. Or if you're interested in sharing your workforce strategies and resources on NKY at Work, please reach out to Nancy Spivey. You can find their information on the screen in front of you or on our staff directory at nkychamber.com. Thank you guys once again for tuning into the podcast today. I'll talk to you next week.